Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Claire Williams, the guy who works at JD Power Associates. I still don't understand what they do. I've never no. understood what JD and Power Associates have done, ever. Neither does I know he yeah. makes the distinction that there's a magazine, and that's different somehow. I don't get it. I've never understood. I never will, honestly. I'm not, I'm not going to take time out of my day to f- figure out what the fuck's their thing i'm but. sure it's one of those corporations that's like here at jd power we are the brand that treats us like family and we will give us your product at your time and place and we value your customer it's just like the most generic kind of sounding you know i think bullshit, yeah but. i mean but like the michelin star also i, I think i now see it's one of those things where you want you're about to say something that you're like this if this is wrong i'm gonna sound like a fucking moron but I'm going to say it anyways. I can also cut um, if you're you, No, don't cut. Never cuts. <laughs> um, isn't the Michelin star like the same company that is like the tire company? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that, yeah. it's a one, it's something we kind of walk around with just like, you know, putting it off. But when you really think about it, it's like, so like the best restaurants on the planet are rated by Michelin stars. And that same company is like, Hey, you want a tire? It's, I actually know why this is a is the thing, and it is because it did not actually start off as like fine dining. It started off as like recommending restaurants that someone who was on a road trip that makes traveling sense. could yeah. go to. Yeah, and then it just kind of es- clear that up. But it's still weird now. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. To think, yes. to think about is. in the context of now, it's it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, to keep that as is and not change your your rating system. Um, yeah. I wonder if that had been solved by anyone that's curious from the bear, because then in the new season, like they're, that's like their whole, their whole evolution is just like trying to see the world of fine dining. But it's so funny yeah. being a person in this space and not watching television because you just hear like because everyone just talks about the bear and I'm just like I don't know, you I have no idea. It. I know I would. I just don't watch television. So it's just one of those things. I just hear that the like the most recent television. It's like 10 episodes, half hour. Like it's manageable. I know, but I'm just getting I'm just watching the revival of Justified. So that's like it. That's the only thing I can do. This is another episode into our duos month, our double date month uh, uh, series. And today we have Emmy Potter and Carrie Whitmer here with us for Destination Wedding. You guys have brought us an overlooked romantic comedy. Um, And before we get into that, we're going to first see how movies have played a role into you guys and your friendship. Because that's sort of like what we've been doing with the series and how you guys have bonded through your love of movies. And also just and like Clay the wants grand to. context of, you know, your relationship in general. I mean, the whole point yeah. is we want to, mm-hmm. we picked two people with pre-existing, uh, a pre-existing relationship. And we wanted to kind of explore, one, we w- were curious what a mo- what the one movie those two people would choose, because obviously yeah. we'd have some kind of connection. And two, just to also get, have that movie also be a gateway into just people telling us how they met, how movies impacted that. And how it's stayed relevant to your relationship now. I'm trying to even think, like, you and I have seen a couple movies together, 
Carrie. I have like, two in a things. theater. I have two important ones that we saw together that I remember. Mm-hmm. The first one is Lady Bird. Oh, we, we did saw see it at that Alamo together. Draft House in downtown Brooklyn. I forgot. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. And then we saw Stars also at Alamo We did see mm-hmm. that. Okay, so and actually. We both wore we... camouflage jackets. We did, and I didn't even realize I wore camo tonight, which oh was God. not an honor of that. We both <laughs> yeah. wore camo jackets like, and Star Wars t-shirts, and it was like the most crazy synergy we've ever had. The most 2018, the most pre-Rise of Skywalker yeah. tutorial. Of There's well, still a buzz in the air. Yeah. I yeah. so I I literally forgot that we saw Lady Bird and Stars Born Together, but we also saw Uncut Gems together so we really have seen like three at least three bangers together a, a pivotal moment that emmy did witness during uncut gems was me telling a teenager to put her phone away. and she apologized true. she did she you put did. your foot down yeah yeah. The, the, yeah the teenager sitting next to us thought <laughs> that they, they were signing up for like a grown-ups type movie and um <laughs> But I would say, like Emmy, you you were you're probably better at describing this than I would. But I feel like we kind of bonded over movies, and we did meet through Twitter. Um, we did, yeah. And I feel like we we kind of became mutuals, and for a long time, I think we just kind of realized we have really similar tastes and similar sensibilities. Um, and then one day. We just decided to meet in person. We went to the East Village and first we went to, I mean, is this like actually what you want to hear? Um, we, <laughs> we went to we our went first to a day. Bar. No, it's all interesting. We, went, yeah, we, we, met, we met at a bar on St. Mark's and like immediately yeah. it was like drunk, like Manhattan bros like hitting on us. And I was like, can we go somewhere? We both were like at the same time, like we can't do this. We're going to We have to go somewhere else. We went else. to a quiet yeah. wine bar. And that's, and then we've been friends ever since. So. Yeah, to the point that Carrie is now uh, one of my bridesmaids in my up- upcoming wedding. That's how good of friends we are. We text all the Fairness. time, you know, we're, ta- we're cool. talking all the time. But yeah, I mean, we definitely, I I think what like initially drew me to Carrie was that I just found her sense of humor. So like, kind of like weird and funny in the same ways that I like I find humor weird and funny and then you know then it was like yeah we just started talking about like different movies and we liked a lot of the same things we both are like huge Lady Gaga fans we've seen Lady Gaga together we did that last summer which was really fun and agreed almost so much more money to see her (laughs) yeah it's almost been a full year are we going to Vegas Maybe we should before my wedding. If you weren't getting married, like it would, we would totally. We would Vegas, be already but... planning our trip to Vegas to see. Yeah. Lady if Gaga. Emmy weren't yeah. going across, going everywhere in America, then everywhere possibly. in America yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, it's and then like probably the right India. Time. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, I think like yeah, we realized really quickly that we had really similar tastes on a lot of things, and then, um, you know, our bond has grown beyond it's so much more than movies at this point um where we're just we're really good friends and uh we like so many of the same actors including the two um that are in this movie Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves and 
um, have long time. I mean, I know like both of them have been like long time, just, I'm such a fan of them, like my whole life, mm-hmm. especially like I always saw so much of my, my own kind of like personality and Winona Ryder's characters. I felt like her sensibilities always really spoke to me. And then Keanu is just like, how can you not love this? I know, who doesn't so, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. How old were you guys when you guys met? Like, was there a big age difference? No, I mean, much the same. Yeah, I'm. I'm a couple. Well, months I don't need to share my age. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm you a couple months older out. than You're you. Two Carrie, are both but... 25, I believe. Is that not true? Um, uh, yeah, 19. Right? Um, 19. I, I went <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah we 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 would have we graduated both high school all the same year, same yeah. time. So our like mm-hmm. kind of trajectory yeah. on life lines up perfectly and we talked about this when we first met where i was like if we had gone to the same high school or had been in in the same college together we would have immediately just right. like been best friends and that would probably have, college was, was, I was a bitch in high school <laughs> i didn't talk to anybody and i was like too much of a band and choir kid and like involved in my yeah. own life that i probably would have been like yeah you're cool but i don't have time for i have rehearsal <laughs> I had rehearsal. When friends meet each other later in life, when they don't grow up together, I really want to, I really like to find out how close is their cultural, not cultural footprint, their prism, the cultural prism that they grew up with in the sense of where, what, what are the things that stuck out and that stayed in their head the longest, whether it's like pop culture, whether it's like fashion, whether it's music. Like, do you got, did you guys see a lot of similarity in that? Well, I think that's kind mm-hmm. of why we became friends. Yeah. I think like on Twitter, we started noticing, like, I feel like one of the films we talked about a lot, probably on Twitter was like the parent trap. And it was just like, right. almost mm-hmm. like, not that that like makes us particularly unique. We are, we did grow up in the nineties. It's not like unique. Then. Right. Yeah. But, but I think like we both, like, even like at like a few years ago, like when we became, became friends. It's like, we were like, I've always been a champion of Lindsay Lohan, even at her darkest hours when she was blonde in court with the bad lip job. Like I've been her fiercest supporter for years. And I felt like, like Emmy probably did too. I just think we have like similar, even though we grew up in different places and have very different interests. Like I never got involved in theater um, or whatever. And like Emmy did dance, I did like, basketball like it's even though like growing up we had like different interests and stuff but like when you look back on the movies and the television that were important to us and the music too like it's pretty similar sense of things. yeah mm. yeah I would agree I and like um yeah because I mean like we I'm even trying to remember the year I guess it was probably like maybe really really early 2017 when we first it maybe I think it was the summer because I remember or connected, but I remember we met mm -hmm. in person. It was really, really hot. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That there was that because we kind of, I would say Carrie and I like, you know, kind of flirted around each other on the internet until we decided to like make the leap to in real life, Mm -hmm. which I always um, prefer. But yeah, I mean, we were, we were already in our late twenties by then. And, and like, I, yeah, I think it's harder to make friends sometimes later in life especially if you go to Mm. go to school school together you don't already have these connections or like 
don't necessarily have like mutual friends in terms of like oh I know this person that went to high school with you or went to college with you or mm-hmm. whatever like it can be really difficult but I think like as as Twitter is dying and I'm like reflecting on you know um all these like weird wonderful people that I've met present company included it is kind of strange that like I was able to find these people through that and and that like Carrie and I could forge such a genuine um friendship through like really something so basic which is just like oh we like all these same like movies and stuff but like then it goes deeper than that where we were able to like take that as kind of like a jumping off point into like Mm -hmm. a really like genuine supportive friendship that's just kind of um yeah that's like that that goes deeper than the pop culture thing but the pop culture thing is very much like that's the thing that kind of I think brought us together so that's kind of like the foundation but even if you like take that away we still have enough in common at this point that like um you know we would still have a really good friendship without it but it's really great to have a friend that I can just be like oh my god did you see this stupid thing that this person like posted or like this real housewife said or like you know it's like we text each other dumb I things. knew there was going to be a real housewife yeah of course I like even like always. I think I think one one other one thing I was like just like made me want to be friends with Emmy is that she was probably one of the first people that I met who could name a member of the Pussy Posse who is not Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> or Toby Maguire? Yeah. Lucas Haas, J.R. No, no. Ferguson. No, it's David Eric Blaine. Murphy. David Blaine is the magician you're thinking of. Oh, of course, of course. It's the David magician. <laughs> that would have That's been right. insane. Okay. And you, you would only you only can pick a hot magician to be in the pussy posse because if you're a magi- magician you have no what is it that the youths say you have no riz, riz? or whatever yeah, he riz. has like like David Blaine has riz I think <laughs> so that's why he can be in it but if you had like Joe Bluth Joe Bluth is never going to be in the pussy posse magicians no. inherently have riz I think do they yeah <laughs> what magicians are you meeting. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know what magicians you're meeting, but inherently, no, some are okay. If you're hot and can do magic, maybe, but if you can just do magic, magicians to participate in this, I would, I would be, I would be quite smitten if I was like flirted with by magic. And to me, that would be. I don't know. Plot of the prestige. (laughs) I was just gonna say. I was literally just about to say that. Isn't that like the entire premise of the movie? Yeah, I'm sorry. This morning I just watched the prestige. I got it. I feel like (laughs) since I've seen now you see me one and two, the sci-fi show, the magicians. I feel like I'm an expert in magician, you know, magician culture. What Um, about the illusionist? Are you? you I've not seen that. Oh, illusionist in a. I've not seen that one. No, Um, the illusionist v. That was the original Barbenheimer, Chris Nolan at bat. That's really part funny. one is illusionist. No, it'd be, the it would, no, it'd be deep impact. And what was the other one? Um, fuck. The, volcano? Um, no, because there was Volcano no, um, and Dante. Oh, Armageddon. Was, oh, God, Armageddon. Armageddon. Right? Yeah. Deep impact. Yeah. In the, deep impact uh, yeah. Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, that's right. Volcano, Dante's Peak. It's like Bugs yes. Life. Yeah, it's, 
sort of deal. Right, right, right. White House <laughs> down, Olympus has fallen. Did yeah. you know who is never a member of the Pussy Posse? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Because he didn't need to, you know? No, he was too good. They wouldn't allow Canadians in. I don't know if I would ever describe him being in any kind of posse. It just is not his vibe. No. Yeah. I don't think so. He's very anti-posse and just a lot very of and just in general. Independent. Yes. Emmy, you mentioned earlier about how you guys connect. You also had a connection with Keanu and Renona. Do you think that was just a general cultural thing? Like just they have the same reference mm-hmm. points or the act or do you guys like individually, like with your personality, individual personalities just gravitated to them as people in general? I think like for sure it's like partially generational because they were right. huge like in the, you know, late 80s into the 90s. And mm-hmm. I grew up like watching a lot of Tim Burton. So I really, you know, that's kind of was my first exposure to Winona other than the 94 Little Women, which is like deeply important to both me and Carrie. It's like a real of the Little Women's like that one. I mean, I love Greta's, but the 94 is always going to be kind of like my like, that's a generational touchstone Mm -hmm. for me where I, you know, I watch it at least at least once a year, usually around the holiday season. See, that's um, cool to hear because the Greta one made me seek out the Jillian Armstrong version. Yeah, and, like, you know, oh, and Greta's so... is, is amazing, too. And, like, yeah. I think, like, with, with Keanu, I didn't necessarily gravitate to him immediately, but it was just, like, he was See, always now, kind of in Keanu the culture. Been, could Keanu have been Laurie? I wonder. He could have been a pretty been. good Laurie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's more like, oh, with, with speed is kind of where, you know, by that time I would have been a little bit older where my parents would have been cool with me watching, Mm. you know, PG-13 R-rated stuff with them. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, probably speed. um, Cause I would, I, I didn't really see some of his other stuff, like, you know, private Idaho and all, I didn't see that until like really my early twenties. Cause I just didn't. Yeah, have kind of a frame of reference for that but um yeah I think it was just like also like he was just like a cool guy I think Mm -hmm. like he he was like good looking and yeah I I think just it's like a generational thing yeah for me too yeah I would say the same um I just feel like they were kind of like as we were of a very influential age when Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves were incredibly influential movie stars. Like they were like amongst like Brad Pitt and, mm-hmm. you know, the likes of the 90s. Um, but I also feel like I really gravitated toward Winona Ryder um, for mm-hmm. characters, but also her sensibility. Like I think my style, personal style has a lot in common with her. I think I once, or maybe more than once, brought a picture of her cut out from a magazine to get a haircut um, when everybody else was probably doing, like, Rachel from Friends. Um, right, not that course. I didn't the do Rachel. that because I did. I just did many. You um, wanted to shake it up. The like, the Rachel. Um, yeah. yeah. And you introduced I, the Winona. Um, in college, almost every year, I just, for Halloween, I... I've never really gotten that into Halloween. I just like to wear regular clothes and look like a regular person. And one of my friends was like, oh, well, if you just wear what you normally wear and put your hair in a high ponytail, you can just say you're Lydia Deets. Um, That's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and so I did, that, like, I, I did that. I did that many years for Halloween. Many people have said that I have Wayne on the writer vibes. I don't know if that's because I'm trying to do it. Um, I would say that I definitely stood by her similarly to Lindsay Lohan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, how much are you shoplifting to get those vibes? Um, I thought that was pretty iconic of her. What's the shoplifting thing? You she don't know was this? wow okay well let me teach you children no so in like i think it was uh 2001 winona was caught shoplifting in Saks in beverly hills and i think she was also like maybe shoplifting specifically like mark jacobs clothing which is iconic because she's yes. very close friends with mark jacobs like has <laughs> been funny has been like in his ad campaigns for clothing and shoes and bags and stuff um, and so she was caught shoplifting and then had to go on trial and, you know, like people gave her so like much shit court. for it, but it, yeah, she's, there's photos of her in court and it, you know, it just seems like a thing where like all white girls probably shoplift at least once in their lives. Granted, not yeah. all of us have done it from sex, but like, yeah, it was just one of those things where it seemed like she was going through something and she did this, but like, it, it really like they kind of you know demonized her for doing something that wasn't the absolute horrible yeah the tabloids were pretty rough as they were they were pretty rough on her in the 2000s yeah and that had to have been ridiculous i think i think it hurt i i I do think it hurt her career a little bit i do too time um like she really the worst time she didn't really come back into the conversation um until really stranger things and that and yeah yeah result I want to say um, that after around the time she did the shoplifting is uh, maybe a, a couple years later was uh, Scanner Darkly, which was she did with Keanu and Richard Linklater. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that was probably maybe one of the first kind of projects I remember her doing around that time. But she kind of had to lay low. She was also in so. Mr. Deeds. She <laughs> was in the Mr. Deeds movie. Yes. With Adam Sandler. I forgot about that. She yeah. really just chose the worst time to shoplift, like the height really? of tabloid journalism. Like you do yeah. that, you got to do that five years earlier or five years later. I know. It's like sort but of like the apex of, of at like the, the height. Yeah, the height of just like she, the she most. She was not thinking about that when she headlines. stole the market. No, obviously. No, oh, right. Obviously, obviously. No, and she like literally. But she was might just be thinking that now. Yeah, she was just <laughs> yeah. in a Mark Jacobs campaign, like. I think maybe last year, the year before, like modeling a bunch of his clothes, like they're still tight. So the fact that she like sort of maybe shoplifted his clothes from a sax, I find I'm like friendship. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was great. That's so sad. That's crazy. Is she in that commercial, that like fashion commercial or whatever (laughs) commercial where it's like America loves a comeback and then she turns around? I think was that like L'Oreal or something? Something I remember, like that. I know what uh, you're talking about I because think, they yeah. aired it. I think it was like L'Oreal. Um and I they aired it like during like when she I think was nominated for Stranger yeah, Things. Like during I the, think so that too. during like the yeah, I know exactly or something. what you're talking mm. about. Yeah. Because it was at the time, I remember that. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like she was in fucking like look at her filmography. Like we we're doing this now. We're doing this. Everyone loves a comeback. Here's here she is. Like, come back from what? Shoplifting? 
I mean, like, well, honestly, that's yeah, honestly I mean, yeah. really what it yeah. was. Isn't that um, crazy? It's like, I mean, though. I like I love her, but could I? I'm hard pressed to name something she did between like a scanner darkly and no, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's it's just really it's you look at nowadays. It, it's like if that happened today, people are like, oh well. Oh. It would be good for like, her. People would be like, "Oh my yeah. god!" Like fucking queen. It would be like the Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. ski trial. Yeah, it would be a complete yeah. opposite reaction. Because honestly, if you look at the photos of Winona from the trial, which I just did because someone um, <laughs> tried to use my credit card for thirteen hundred dollar purchase at Walmart, and I responded by saying, "Like, like, why? If I was going to shoplift, I would do it at Saks, like Winona." Um, anyway, I'm getting a <laughs> credit card. And uh, I was just looking at the photos of this trial and she's like drinking water. She's got like a cute headband. She's like hobnobbing <laughs> with the the court. Like the they had a female um, court security like guard and she's just like palling it up with this lady, like smiling, laughing. I was like, see, if they had covered this, like they covered the Madonna or not the Madonna, they'd covered the Gwyneth Paltrow trial like if that had happened today yeah I think everybody would have been like oh my god she looks amazing I love her so much she's like iconic and I was like Someone free was Winona right and yeah, you yeah. just yeah, have to free Winona, Winona you know what, what yeah. constitutes as a controversy nowadays and it's just like that mm-hmm. and it's just like oh who the fuck cares and these are like you know you sexual predators are being outed every other day and it's just like fuck she got she did she didn't pay for that piece of expensive clothing God damn, man, that's gonna be yeah. that's a rough one. Who cares? Yeah, it was only a I couple th- like a couple thousand dollars. It's not even. Should have like, tried for more. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> like it was like a million dollars or like something I that think, was gonna do serious damage yeah. to their bottom line at Saks. Like I know what some people spend at Saks. Like it, yeah, they expect like, people to much. steal certain items. Like yeah. right? some items like, they just like know are gonna be stolen. But I I think part of the ire. I guess you could call it um, around that was just like a general distaste at the time toward women. But the fact that she had like the audacity to be wealthy and do that, I think probably also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she can just get away with stealing clothes that would just be otherwise or just I, uh, I not even just hard. that, just like oh, like this fucking bitch, like can afford to buy this, but she's still like what? Is right, right, right. Yeah, that kind of sentence. Um, Instead of thinking, well, the fact that she can afford this, but did this anyway, probably means that there's something mm-hmm. that's deeper than just like being a klepto. Yeah. Right. Um, and Carrie was onto something that's certainly like from. A Scanner Darkly to 2018, not the most robust run of movies, but but like she had so much strong work in the 90s where it's like, what else did she have to prove? She proved that she had range and she could work with interesting people, um, could make all sorts of otherwise um, less interesting roles very interesting. And also, mm-hmm. she's a Scorpio, October 29th. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. think Scorpio I kind of remember, like, 
I think one of the first bigger movies I remember seeing her back in kind of post that was probably Black Swan, where I was yeah. like, oh shit. Oh like, yes, yes. You know, when when she I was so psyched popped up in that. Yeah. It was really and exciting. And I was to so upset. I remember specifically at that time being like so hyped. I was like, this is Winona's moment. Yeah. And she does have a pretty the Winona moment is, in the movie, but us. I was like, this is all we're doing with her, like with like <laughs> the woman who played Jo March. Right. I re- remember being pretty upset about how it was. But it was also, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a great role, but it's also like a meta casting mm-hmm. in the sense of this war, you know, not like, you know, the idea of the worn out dancer. I'm using quotation marks, by the way. This is not how I feel, but like in the film, it's this idea of, yeah, the person who is oh, now pushed aside by the industry and things like that. It's, it, it's one of those things where, yes, yeah, she's great in it and I'm glad she accepted it, but it's also just like, man, that kind of sucks though. Because like mm-hmm. that shouldn't be your reputation because that's, yeah, right. It, it sh- that's unnecessary. But, and that, and that, I think that's also why that, I think that comeback shit annoys me too, where it's just like, guys, she shoplifted and then for some reason people were afraid to give her work. Who the, like, this is, this is ridiculous. She has a yeah. very iconic career. She is now beloved by the internet of all generations ages and races like it's uh, like fuck man like this is her moment don't like make this this some pity thing like oh comeback we all love a comeback it's like she just fucking did it but yeah and then of course like the real comeback is stranger things like we've mentioned and that was sort of like oh yeah like you'll have your comeback like you can work with interesting people just on tv (laughs) but it was just very popular tv show and a very beloved one but also uh, like i feel like yeah i feel like at that time stranger things premiered which was 20 i believe this is oh yeah okay i was, I was gonna say 20, the wrong year <laughs> it was still netflix was still early enough in its stage of original programming that it was respected and mm-hmm. you know um it wasn't it was a lot different than the fucking like how whole it is now um so i think it was like a little like for her it was probably like a pretty strategic move because it's like this is a streaming service that's like getting nominated for emmys and actually like producing really really stuff um and stranger the first season of stranger things was really good um and she was incredible um so she made a really good choice yeah I started watching it because I knew that she was going to be in it because I was like I I will follow her anywhere because I I love her and want her to to do well um and and I remember hearing about it because I it was being kind of pushed as this like vehicle for her even though she's more of a supporting role on the show in terms of since since the kids are um, you know, kind of, they're they're really the the focus. But yeah, I started watching that show because I knew Winona was in it. It was more for yeah. Winona than just the the subject matter. So I was I was happy for her to kind of just be front and center and um, to have a project that was like huge. And now it's like it's a huge sensation. So it's like really kind of it has like revived interest in her in a really big way I think that Halloween I dressed as Joyce Byers 
because again, uh, I could just wear like my clothes I already owned and I just God. got like a pair of like battery operated Christmas lights. And there were like five other brunettes at the party who were wearing Of course. Costumes. So you found another opportunity to be like, oh, right. you wore yeah. it best, yeah. Carrie. You wore it best. Um, no, you did. I didn't, I mean, even though I didn't see any. But uh, I was committed to ones, the bitch. You did it. You did it. <laughs> yeah. I. But I feel, I so... feel like, oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I feel like Keanu's career in a very different way almost had like a kind of similar phase where he's Absolutely. like not doing as much Certainly. as prominent for a while. And right. for a while, he was also kind of like. Until John Wick. Not. not until John Wick, I also yeah. feel like there was kind of a narrative that he wasn't a good actor, and like mm-hmm. he kind of got made fun, oh, of a lot, fun a lot. Um, for and he he definitely he doesn't he's. I mean, let's be honest; like he's not, not always a plus. Like so is like so many actors. Like, I've seen modes. some performances from him that are great. There's some performances mm-hmm. that are not good, probably just not well cast. We um, all have our range. But like, we all yeah. have our yeah. much ado about yeah. nothing moment. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so so I think there was like kind of a narrative for like before John Wick that it was just like, okay, he was iconic in the Matrix, but is he a good actor? Um, Certainly that was and, the narrative that I was always like told. Like, yes, yeah, that's what I was John Wick, to. Yeah. And so yeah. I'll say I had really only seen the matrix and something's got to give i never really throughout like my childhood or like teen years really i never really i knew who keanu reeves was but my Mm -hmm. most of my exposure to him were just those two films and reading and seeing oh like he's not a good actor um so i think i kind of until i started until i honestly probably saw john wick and the narrative around kind of shifted that's probably when I started to actually like consider him a little more. Um, so I, I, I'm just admitting that I was definitely one of the people who just because other people said it, I was like, oh, Keanu Reeves is a bad actor, even though I had oh, only right. seen yeah. two movies he was in before that. Um, but now I think he's just like looking back, um, it's and seeing like some other performances that I had maybe seen before, but like didn't really recognize. I think he's actually quite good yeah. and um is just really kind of like Winona Ryder like found like he found the beat maybe Winona maybe found her niche like a little earlier and it's not it's kind of in a in a weird way it's like in a similar vein as like what Liam Neeson is doing now and I I pray to God that someday Liam will go back to making like other movies but I think like you know it's like oh these these are guys that have had kind of really successful careers kind of in the 80s and 90s and they were doing kind of some serious like dramatic work and just like very different roles and now they're really in this like action mode which Keanu had already done that with the Matrix and Johnny Mnemonic and kind of you know he and had done that in the 90s as well but it's like just like a slightly different version of that now with with John Wick which I have finally made my way through all of those except for the fourth one which I have not seen but I did that this summer and quite enjoy them and I think it's a great marriage of I think a lot of what Keanu kind of does and embodies best um in in his work and um and so like 
it is kind of fun to see him in a different mode. And, and I think he, it's also doing John Wick has freed him up to, to do some other like fun things, like, like his little role in like always be my maybe and um Boy story four. you know mm-hmm. um and like destination uh, wedding <laughs> destination wedding <laughs> which is even like, without... like fun but you know i know like um like it's con- it, you could even see it as like without john wick like we may not have gotten the other bill and ted no, I mean, like without, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. anything he's done, like, uh, like I, while I was rewatching Destination Wedding earlier, I was kind of thinking about that. I it, it seems like John Wick, not just like the shift in the narrative around him as an actor generally, but just like the fact that it's like super well regarded and he's like a little bit edgier than I mean that Matrix is obviously edgy, but I feel like he kind of was in a bit of a you know, he was kind of, I mean, something's got to give is great, but like, you know, like yeah. the lake house and kind of being like, yeah. are you an action star? Are you like a rom-com star? Or, you know, I think he was kind of in a, it seemed like he was kind of like in a confusing place, like not, not having much direction in his career. And it seems like- Unsure of the actor he wanted to be. Him. Yeah. yeah, it seems like John Wick was such a perfect outlet for him that it probably gave him the confidence to be able to do like just something really weird even if it's like always be my maybe like a really crazy cameo like I don't think before John Wick just like as an actor like it seems like he had it in like he has a few smaller artier roles like the bad batch and the neon demon which is like like why would you work with that filmmaker like these kind of filmmakers but it's like it's like it's cool that you get to like take these kinds of risks um, in a post John Wick sort of career, but he's aged quite well. I mean, literally, but also just into the kind of actor Mm -hmm. that people can, can then insert as he's not trying to, I mean, Winona finds herself in a similar situation, I think, where she's not trying to like gain herself into a new, like, into someone where people are trying to notice her, but rather like, I just want to do what I want to do. And um, maybe Keanu granted more of those chances, but um, yeah, certainly similarities there. That's a nice dress. Thank you. I like your jacket. Thanks. Our flight's on time. Oh, it is. Great. I'm sorry, what was that? What? You just took a step forward there. I didn't. Yeah, you did. You know you did. And what's funny is there's no way you can board first because the only way you could board first is if you have a special need. Do you have a special need? Yes. I need to be over there. What brings you to Puzzle Rules? I'm going to that destination wedding. Please don't tell me it's Keith and Nance. So we're just the people you don't know where to stick? You might as well just stick us together. I don't want to be a person you don't know where to stick. Destination wedding is presumptuous. They're in a fool's paradise. Don't you believe there's someone for everyone? Close. I believe that there's nobody for anyone. I don't understand how even after Keith did what he did to you, you can possibly still be mooning over him. Because you're a monkey who doesn't understand the human condition. Having met you, I understand why it's a condition. I'm not 
not wearing anything under my pajamas. Why would you? They're so alluring. <gasps> what is that? I think it's a mountain lion. Could it be a jaguar? What difference does it make? A cougar, maybe? Oh, Jesus Christ. How do you not install a pathway? The heels won't make it. Can you carry me, please? What? This is the slowest I've ever <sighs> been carried. Uh, you gotta be quiet. <laughs> I, and I think that's why I, I think like the culmination of both of their careers at the time that they shot this film is why, even though it's like, it's not like a great movie, but I really like it. Like I yeah, probably like it yeah. more, than, more than most people do. I think just like yeah. just the the point that both of them are at, like they don't have to prove anything. It's just like- It's a very relaxed two, like, chemistry. Yeah. yeah, they're like these two 90s mm-hmm. icons. It feels like- they did it like they probably didn't have to like not that they weren't working hard but it just seems like it felt very easy like it was just mm-hmm. like oh like let's go to this like beautiful beautiful place and like i'll film this like pop like weird idiosyncratic comedy with keanu or whatever. like it just really feels like they just had a lot of fun and that it all mm-hmm. came very naturally to them I think Winona even texted Keanu, like, do you want to do this? And then it's just like script reading on Monday. It's just because it does have that feeling of like a, a reunion of sorts. Literally it is. But also it's just like they know each other and they are using that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come to quickly realize this is not the most like sweet of interactions from these two. But um, you know what I didn't know, or at least had maybe forgotten. Of course, they're both like quite good in um, Bram Stoker's Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, but Private Lives of Pippa Lee. Have any of us seen this from um, Rebecca Miller directed? Um, it's like a 2009 drama. Um, no, it's I directed by Daniel Day Lewis's wife. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading about it probably in EW (laughs) at the time and I never saw it, even though it has like a bunch of people in it that I like, including those two and and Robin Wright and yeah. The late Ellen Arkin. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Rebecca Miller, who Mm -hmm. I've seen a couple of her other movies and they're not like there's something enjoyable about them, but I don't know that they're always for me. (laughs) So like, yeah. it's like I don't think I always mesh with her her sensibility I watched one that I can't remember the name that had like Julianne Moore and it was like Julianne Moore Greta Gerwig and um is it Maggie's plan Maggie's plan and yeah it was like it was like okay it was kind of like a screwball and so I like Mm -hmm. understood what she was going for um but I found I don't know it was just it kind of didn't quite grab me yeah enough but um I know like Ballad of Jack Rose is supposed to be pretty good but Mm. um yeah uh, let's but let's get into like how desperation where when did you guys go to the wedding like what how did this movie come into your life um because i think i remember this is quite nice first time seeing it i think i remember it coming out but just i think maybe like most just didn't really have that noise that it needed to it was buried basically yeah yeah i don't i didn't really have the right distributor i yeah all I honestly, all I remember is that I watched it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I I remember that, and I remember having like 
I, I don't remember it feeling like it had, um, like it had this giant release. It felt like it was probably released. I'd, I'd have to look and see if it was released maybe like in August or something. It was, it was like, an August release around okay, this I was time gonna, where we're recording this. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it feels, what? it feels like an August movie, something that you it released. It was August 2018. That, yeah. yeah. That you release towards the end of your summer block, but before you get into your, you know, your prestige movies. And I remember the press for it because I was like, oh my God, Keanu and Winona are doing a movie together again, finally. And and it's sort of a rom-com. And this sounds like it could be, you know, from, from a guy that worked on Mad About You, it seems like it could be a great like marriage of all these like things that I used to enjoy. And, um, you know, I remember like a lot of like, there was a lot of press for it because there was a lot of like hubbub made about the two of them reuniting after so many years and they were giving all these interviews and talking about how like when they did Dracula they might have actually gotten married because they were like they used a real Romanian priest that's we might right actually that's right be married right. and so I remember like reading all this and watching their interviews which are so charming and that you can tell that these two people just like have you seen that compilation online where it's just a bunch of their interviews together it's yeah. so charming I just wanted to say like I feel like all of the press that they did being posted on Twitter was probably my exposure to, like, I don't remember seeing any, like, marketing. I was also a full-time entertainment reporter at the time, and I do not remember getting an email about it, um, or really, like, having it on my radar at all. Um, I guess it was also kind of a tough summer, because you're following the box office smash mama mia here right right yeah Um, cultural phenomenon people would say yeah coming off the heels of that which i i think it's like honestly like i was still going back to the theater to see that Mm -hmm. yeah probably in august um several times which is another another film that emmy and i saw together and i was seeing it for the second time when i saw yeah Um, i I don't i don't even remember if i saw this movie in a theater or if I feel like I may have seen this in a theater but Mm -hmm. I know for sure that I I've seen it either twice or three times because it's it's possible that I saw it in a theater because I saw so much that summer and then I like watched it later at home but I may have only watched it at home like on a Thursday night in my apartment with like two glasses of Sauvignon Blanc or something. I mean, that's where I was the like, appropriate that's setting. The vibe. Which I, mean, I think yeah. is the correct vibe, right? I think it's if you like watch, you watch movie, it alone with a glass of wine. Like yeah. for me, a Thursday night movie is a movie that I'm going to put on. I'm going to plus press play on it at like 10.30 p.m. after I've had two glasses of wine. And it's not a movie that I necessarily... It has people in it that I enjoy, and I'm like, oh, this seems like something I should have seen. I'm going to press play, mm-hmm. and it's probably not, you know, it's going to be a B or C plus movie, and I'm going to give it like approximately three to three and a half stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> and you need the which, movie to be under 100 great. minutes. Like, that's yeah, and it's, it's great. Oh, I, you know, the this joy is how I, watched... I expelled when I saw yeah. that runtime. I literally yes. was like, oh my God. And my girlfriend's like, what? And I'm like, it's 87 minutes. And she's like, is that good? And I'm like, <laughs> one of the, it is for me. 
one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because it's so it's so short and also like could probably be even a little shorter, but it is like yeah. it is so nice to like, you know, hit play on something and be like, oh, you know, I love a movie that's you know. 90, 90 or under. I love it. 90, oh, I know? love it. Oh my God. Nin- 90 or under is great. A tight 90. Um, yeah. A tight 90. In, and this out. movie, yeah, the, they're the only two characters is, that talk to each other. Yeah. So I would say I want to preface this by saying this is by no means a complaint about films that are long. I think that's Correct. totally fine. But we do need more tight 90 films. Yeah. Simultaneous. It's like it either has to be the length of Oppenheimer or the length of this. None of this. Exactly. I, I'm so tired of this. None two of this hour, two hours and five minutes. Bullshit. Minutes. Yeah. It's like so yeah. weird. Yeah. Two hours and ten minutes. It just tells imagine. me you didn't two, have any balls two hours to make it two, shorter or longer. Right. Two hours and ten minutes feels longer than three hours. It really Absolutely. does. It really because does. Because, because a two hour and five minute movie should just be that. Like at that point, it's like. If, if you're not going to go the full 230, then you can eliminate 45 to 30. No one goes and I think, into making a movie thinking it's going to be two hours and five minutes. That's the issue. You planned it yeah. to either be shorter or longer, and it didn't work out. Two hours yeah. and five minutes gives me, like, accidentally the runtime. Like, it didn't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the reason this movie, for not being, like, it isn't, like, the best movie in the world, right? But it's, like, I think its runtime act it really works to its advantage because and and like the actors agree it feels like this is something that I would go see as a play in a theater where you wouldn't it would be 90 minutes with no intermission like this is a perfect play that should be running like off off Broadway or off Broadway and you keep you keep bringing in like two big name actors to do it. Like it really should be a play. And Winona has talked about interviews that they felt like it was like they were doing a play and they would rehearse it kind of if they could. And it was a lot of lines to learn because they're the only two people that that speak. And she was like, I would be texting not Keanu. talking quietly. Or no, she's not talking slowly. She was like, I'd be texting Keanu like the night before our next shoot day because they shot also shot this in like nine days or something crazy. Holy Wow. Yeah, they shot it like Incredible. like like in nine days or something like something like a couple insane. of chains. Yeah, and she so was it's... like, Yeah, I mean it was a lot of lines to learn. And we would text each other being like, Do you want to come over? I'm coming over to run lines. And so like I think that the fact that this is like a cool 87 minutes is like kudos to Victor Levin for like writing a script that that and editing and making a movie that's like less than 90 minutes, featuring mm-hmm. two people that talk a lot. Which I mean, Linklater also sort of did for three movies, but yeah, um, y- you know, I mean, I, I think, think it really four minutes time like works under two hours advantage. though. It's like right under two hours. Like they're mm-hmm. like before, like they're they're a they little longer. longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're not quite I mean, necessarily as zippy sunset as is eighty minutes, this. I think. But yeah. right, this is super zippy. Yeah. Like this is it just go like immediately starts. Like you see, they yeah. meet yeah. almost like five minutes in, which is again for like romantic comedies is not necessarily. If you want to even call this a romantic comedy, because it it, it was funny. Uh, so I told uh, I, my girlfriend wanted to hang out. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But we just have to like, we have to watch this. I, I have to prepare. And um, and 
she's like, all right, cool. What is it? It's Destination Wedding. And her sister is like, she's, because they live together, is like, oh, I've seen that. And I'm like, all right, cool. And she then says at one point, it's like an anti-romantic comedy. And yeah. I'm like, oh, interesting. And she's like, you kind of have to really pay attention because they talk a lot. And I'm like, okay. Um, I was not expecting it to be this like cynical and nasty. I was so shocked. I was expecting something almost insipid, just something that's like, oh, this cute little thing. And mm-hmm. this was like complete. It's almost it almost starts like it's almost like vile at the beginning. Like they're just the, the most nastiest people. Yeah. I also I, I I think that it ends precisely at the time where they are like, OK, like we don't need to see any more of these people anymore because you're going to get <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's also, also where the runtime works in his favor where yeah it's like, also enough it is enough features, it definitely features one of the most um uh, uncomfortable sex scenes i've ever seen in my life <laughs> if you can even sort of like call it that um and like i love that they're continuing to have like a crazy conversation while it's going on and, and oh, piano yeah. is like giving you maximum like physical comedy sex thrusting um that's happening and Winona's just like oh my god um oh boy, I refuse oh boy, to, oh to like learn their names um <laughs> their character names it's just like we are Winona and Keanu no I mean it's really like Frank and Ellie I think but Frank is the worst name, name to give to Keanu or Lindsay sorry Frank. Lindsay yeah, yeah. Frank he doesn't like seem like a Frank. frank. No. Um, In what world is Keanu Reeves a Frank? He's not. Victor Levin's frank role. Such a good, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I it 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 is so funny how that works because it's like the the compliment that starts off their whole repartee is like almost arbitrary by the end. There's just like no more. It's just it's like they're insults at each other. But really, it's just that's the only way that they can communicate. And by the end, maybe flirt with each other is just being nasty. And I mean, that's that's how it reads like over time. But then they start to realize that they're uh, clearly very similar. And it's one of those things where it's like it is vile. But then I just love how much they just love like listening to themselves talk and it's one of the more apparent examples of that like I've I've seen in a while which is really and it's real and because they they're such great performers they can deliver that so so well And, and I just thought this was so so funny and of course like I think before midnight is the obvious comp to something that we've covered before um and of course, like you would go and think, oh yeah, right, because it's just like walking and talking. But that movie is just so much bickering. Very uh, yeah, that one. Yeah, is, yeah. I mean, of course, you have the whole third act of bickering, but really, there's a lot of bickering before that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I I was thinking when I was when I was rewatching it this afternoon, I almost found myself at certain moments and which I will not share because I like don't remember them specifically, but also don't want to call myself out. Um, I was almost like 
kind of agreeing with them and being like, oh yeah, like this is like right. Like 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 when she's at, in like what at the very beginning of the movie when they like meet at the airport and she's like ranting about how like weird these people are, um, and how like it's just like ruined culture or whatever. I was like, damn, like she's fucking right. So I I think it's almost because like it almost the, the cynicism of the movie, even though as I've gotten older, I feel like I've gotten more optimistic. I feel like given like a post-pandemic world that's like become more cynical right. and like more dangerous to live in or whatever um I was just like almost like more I felt more connected to the characters than I did in like 2020. Hope I'm not calling I, myself out there but no I, no that's you know, appropriate. No, no, no. No, yeah. Like I, I I did have an experience earlier today with like a biker who was like trying to ask me for directions but i was being petty because he was riding an electric bike on a sidewalk which is for pedestrians on a street that has a bike lane um and so i was pretending that i could not hear him and he started like biking in front of me and like trying to keep me from behind um so i was like feeling particularly like Lindsay in this film i think and frank i was just like <laughs> everyone else except me is a fucking piece of shit um, so it really just resonated with me even more than it did before. And I'm like a pretty simple person. So I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that I like them as characters, but I was kind of like, I kind of see. You get it. You get yeah. it. You do. Because also like, because I, I, like also, I think Winona will tap into this with Joyce Byers, but has really aged into this like level of bitterness and jealousy that of course like Aronofsky taps into at Black Swan but then like mm-hmm. she'll have other there she'll have other occasions where it's like you can just very in a very watchable way also where it's like it's not to the point where it's like it, like this is like you know um unwatchable but just she just really sells that um yeah, yeah and I like that she's I like her that her character in this is also still like she is very like bitter and clearly has been hanging on to this like relationship she had with her ex who is getting married, which like, why are you going to an ex's wedding? But it's like, she's still <laughs> kind of, she is still kind of optimistic that, that she can like have a, a fulfilling relationship. And I think it's like, in a weird way even though it is like a very cynical movie and these two people are very cynical I don't know if the whole movie is like cynical but I think like the two characters their cynicism it does feel like some of the the arguments they make for and against things and like their viewpoint on like certain aspects especially of wedding culture and as, as a person who's planning a wedding it's like it is like <laughs> a banana's world. Um, yeah, I bet I this like, rewatch like hit different. Yeah, and but yeah. I think like there's something really real about a lot of the points that they bring up and like the viewpoints that they have on 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 certain things where it does feel like oh these do feel kind of like real people that I know that would would say these things or like have these kind of reactions to things and by the way i think this movie really captures um the ridiculousness of like what 
some people's weddings like ask you to do like in terms of like like whether it's going to a place or like here's all the perks we're giving you or like now you have to hike up this hill because we want to get married in this like very specific spot and I don't care that you wore your like nicest shoes like you have to hike up like half a mile up a hill or like whatever and Levi the college best friend was an ordained minister right and like (laughs) you're you're single and this person's single so we're gonna put you at like the worst table and um you know like they it it does really well I think better than other some other wedding movies I've seen where like yeah kind of kind of depicting these like ridiculous parts of wedding culture that like we just accept (laughs) like we just think that it's like yeah it's fine to make somebody do this on your wedding day because it's my special day like (laughs) yeah because you do that I guess in the and in that way you start to then think the cynicism that Frank and Lindsay live by may makes for a more appropriate commentary onto wedding culture as like mm-hmm. like they're so uh bitter towards each other and themselves and the world it's just like it would make sense to be like why are you know why why is this the way it is and it makes it makes perfect sense because i and it's and this really is like a different slice of that kind of like how a writer director would think about the the wedding scene because i'm trying to think of like because we've done bachelorette and we've done bridesmaids mm-hmm. on the show and it's like those are just like so different you know it's just like it's interesting and, and, like a i mean bachelorette's also kind of cynical as oh, yeah. well like Le- leslie hudgens yeah. her her writing in general like her some of her plays like they all kind of come from this place of these people are like often really like nasty and bitter and um yeah bachelorette I find is very cynical and bridesmaids to a point though bridesmaids is a lot more like I I think is a little more yeah rom-com structure yeah it's very different from this which feels like it was a play first that then he decided to adapt into a movie and bachelorette feels exactly the same I also feel like Mm -hmm. Lizzie Kaplan and when a writer have a similar vibe, yes, yeah. should play they sisters both or something. Could have done each other's yeah. roles <laughs> in yeah. everything. To be honest, yeah, yeah. I, Lizzie Kaplan, uh, yeah, Elise, yeah, definitely. For me, with the, my experience watching this film was me just actually being surprised that it existed, <laughs> and obviously, you know, it only cost five mil. It made two point two worldwide. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think you were the only one in that theater. Um. Wait, who saw it first? You or Carrie? I, uh, I, yeah, no I think idea. we watched it around the same time because I remember Probably texting so, about yeah. it and the first thing you said was it felt yeah. more like a play to me and you were like, yeah. I wish, I think it would be a better play. Well, yeah, well, I would were, see yeah. this. But whoever whoever, watch whoever it watched it first, well, okay, it was interesting because it's one of those things when I'm... Right. Well, yeah. when I when I watch a movie, sometimes I'm like, oh, Jack would like this and Jack does the same. I'm just curious which one, because I feel like, did you guys, when you're watching, you're like, oh, there's a, it, either like, oh, it makes sense why did, I, likes this or. If, if we did, I do not recall. Uh, no, no, it idea. seems like something that we probably were both, it was, you know, on our radar 
where right. we were both like, oh yeah, I think we'll both watch this eventually because we both really like Winona. So I think it was probably like, yeah. oh, have you, we probably texted like, oh, have you watched Destination Wedding yet or whatever? Like, I, yeah, I have no idea. Um, yeah, but I do remember definitely texting Carrie and being like, this should have been an off-Broadway play where they rotate in famous actors every you know, three months or something. That'd be great. Um, like the, the straight play version of Chicago. Now, Chicago the musical, where you just have a different D-list celebrity come play Val McKelly. Or just week. even have like, you yeah. know, an easy gig for a New York-based celebrity. Couple, yeah. Something I mean, like it would be very couple. easy. Get, get Rose Byrne and Bobby Cannavale. Rachel Weisz get like Mm -hmm. the couples who are New York based to do Carrie Russell and Mm -hmm. Matthew Reese just like Tracy Letts and Jason Cameron we just covered Place Beyond the Pines and the other guys speaking of Bobby Cannavale and um, Rose Byrne also uh, Eva Mendes and Gosling get them in there yeah Yeah. I mean it's it just seems like a thing like because the script is so talky you know, it just, I was like, I can absolutely see this working really well just as a stage, a stage play. And you bring in all these famous yeah. people and, and it, keep rotating them through. It would be it so much fun. It has a very, yeah, it also has like a very play like structure. Like I feel mm-hmm. like the scenes are pretty, even though there's a lot of talking and there's like a few long scenes, I still feel like it moves pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but like, like it just, it just feels like paced like a play. Like there's like some scenes that are like really long talking, and then it's just like, okay, here's a quick scene. They're also talking, but it's like a quick scene with a lot of this balance um, that I think is pretty effective. Um, and which also helps, honestly, the movie feel even shorter than the Right. That's true. <laughs> it's just like it's just like okay this this part's done let's move along like even like the introductions of the characters like is it like the first shot like Keanu doing the weird throat thing like mm-hmm. just sitting yeah. in bed and it's like it's only like it's probably like 15 seconds and it's like okay I know who this guy is and then like what and then it's like Lindsay blowing on her plan it's like okay like, yeah I know within the first minute and a half who these people are like it doesn't like need like a whole five minute montage with each character to yeah like, we don't need to see them like getting ready for their day yeah. well it's also like i think i was just shocked of kiana this entire movie because <laughs> if i'm casting okay i'm making a five million dollar movie about the two of the most bitter fucks in the world going to a wedding where they're the sore thumbs i'm not gonna think let's cast maybe the most likable people currently on the internet like the pe- like these two people who have been championed by mm-hmm. you know gen- you know all these previous generations current generation and memed about and saying oh they're so lovely they're so great we all love them let's make them like unlikable bitter fucks that you would just hate being seated next seated next to um I, and yeah go ahead oh no i mean i i think that's part of why it's brilliant. I I, I think Winona Ryder's career, like the characters she's played are a little bit more consistent with that cynicism. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Keanu, it, Keanu is the most surprising to be cast in that role if you would like the casting. But I also feel like it's also a little bit brilliant. Like he's, he's honestly, he shocked me how good he 
Like he seems he's so committed. Oh, I was just gonna say, I mean, this feels like an Alexander Payne kind of movie. So it yeah, like, yeah he's yeah. not he's not Sideways like a guy that, yeah, right. Yeah, he's yeah. not like yeah. a guy that I would necessarily slot into like Alexander Payne's even descendants. World. Like, speaking of Alex, yeah, like speaking of Alexander Payne, it's like I would almost be less surprised if George Clooney played. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um a guy even a Julia Roberts in the Winner writer role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that yeah. put him on Broadway. Right, put him on Broadway again. Yeah, certainly. But it, yeah. I mean, I, I I do think that it was like just a really really smart performance from him because he's kind of he's doing something that I hadn't seen him do before, but also kind mm-hmm. of doing his thing. Like he's just yeah. talking with that kind of yeah. monotone voice and being very stoic. I feel like he's a very statuesque actor. But he's also just like putting like a kind of new edgy energy to it that I had mm-hmm. not seen. It's very hard to do that, to be so yeah. stoic and like assured, but also very charming and charismatic. Which and and there's no and you know they they're they're holding so true to themselves throughout the whole thing, and so much of what they say is so true but so absurd and there's no moment when they like break down and it's like uh, okay I should shake this off like the sort of cynicism that they both carry and it's really just like more successful for it that it's like I guess until the very end but even then like we say it's just like that's when they we kind of like get the idea of who they are um yeah and and it's one of I, I feel like it's like we get so, we learn so much about them in the time that we do spend with them. It's very, it's very hard to do. Yeah. And I think you see why these two people, it would seem like initially they would really dislike each other, but also it, it makes sense that these two people realize that through their dislike, there's actually quite a bit of ways in which they are alike. They're like, where it like, it makes sense that they would connect at a certain level because they're like, so they are so just like kind of bitter and, and, and cynical, but they seem to dislike a lot of similar, um, similar things. It's kind of, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, because neither one of them likes uh, Keanu Reeves' character's brother, who is Keith, Keith, Keith yeah, 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 who is uh, Winona Ryder's character, her ex, and so I, yeah, I think it like I actually I do actually really like the commitment to just letting these people be this like nasty the entire absolutely movie I do I I do really appreciate that that there isn't this like push to kind of make them be more like you know a little more happy-go-lucky or whatever by the end like they do have these moments of like joy and connection in there where they laugh about stuff and but like I really appreciate that this that Victor Eleven was like you know what I'm just gonna make this kind of nasty little movie about these two nasty people. They and suck. I'm not. They suck. Yeah, about and I'm not gonna be trying. Who are constantly talking shit about people, yeah. including yes. their 
family. Like Keanu Reeves right. is like always like saying like some like nasty thing about his own mother. It's just his mother, his father. Yeah, it's like all and that wasn't he shot like, by his dad or something? Like yes, it's so it's crazy. So funny. <laughs> it's like and, and it's like funny Lindsay the way he has a line. Uh, Winona Ryder's character like has a line where she says like I don't think my father ever touched a gun, <laughs> which is just. <laughs> <laughs> and she's talking to herself too, which is so yeah. funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. Uh, because it, it's almost as if like another movie would have these two as like side characters, like contrasting to yeah a more normal kind of you know it, view of they almost feel like, yeah they're they're like like they're like side characters in a rom com who are like in the in that rom com in the normal rom com they would be villains in the movie yeah to like yeah. the protagonists who like have this like these are the like, friends love hate love hate thing say, but it's yeah. like not yeah. but it's actually like not really love hate because they like you actually clearly knew that they were gonna fall in love the entire time one mm-hmm. thing i liked about this movie is that at least the first time i watched it i feel like you kind of get the sense that something's gonna happen between them but it also could just be like something might not happen like it's actually a will they won't they that's really effective because right at least like I genuinely did not know if they what it's well it's hard I mean after the fifth most awful thing you could say to a person that he says like three times to her you know it's like he says like the worst and she also says awful things about him but he says like the worst things you can say about people basically saying that his her existence is pure lunacy and also like idiocy and it's just I also love how his characters are in. He uses all these, like, it was funny. I, I described it. I was like, yeah, he just uses all these big superfluous words. <laughs> or like, and it's just all, by using the word superfluous itself, it's just the idea of he's all yeah. about that vocabulary and making sure like everyone understands that he has this great comprehension of the English language and knows exactly what kind of word to put you down with. Um, it's just all, it's all very meticulous and all also accentuates just how like, just how nasty he is and for someone to be truly beloved by like everyone in the industry the internet being like a complete being supportive of trans rights and being like you know you know uh, conscious of the society and all these things he's also like playing like kind of a bigot like a low-key bigot in this movie like says some weird (laughs) fucked up shit and it's just like keanu no But it's great. I love how he's just like, no, I'm going to do this. It's what I probably didn't get. He probably didn't get paid a ton out of five well, mil. Well, I would, I would I say like, like, I think, no, you're, you're dead on. Cause it's like, there's the moment early on, I think in the, um, the taxi when he's like, oh, you were for the PC police. Yes. That's right. It. And, and it's like, like yeah, it does throw you off. Like, of men or whatever. On. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's surely like, like the last yeah. thing you would expect him to say. Yes, yes and he's doing yeah. this. No, it's, right it's a brilliant subversion. The line: What yeah. does he say about like they're talking about how they're not the one percent, but they're like rich enough that oh, no the ten percent gives a shit about their problems. Right. And he says right. it's like it would have been easier if he had been like abused by a priest. Yes, or so lost. He says some kind of line and could like no, exactly like it. that. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. yeah. and then he says, like, I don't give a shit about my problems. 
yeah it's like you're just so suffragious but no and and then also like yeah it's like worth noting like this is after like John Wick chapter two like this is like he's like slowly he's rising yeah. and then yeah. he's gonna yeah. be yes, in Toy back. Story 4 and, a year later right and like then he gets to this 2019 where it's like an incredible year uh one of I think my favorite years for any actor that we cover where it's like Toy Story 4 always be my maybe um John Wick chapter three yeah right so it's, and it just sort of like keeps increasing and um is mm-hmm. like certainly very the whole like, point of his cameo well, and always be my maybe is like, oh my God, it's Keanu Reeves. Everyone mm-hmm. loves him. And obviously he doesn't yeah. play. I think he, I haven't seen the movie, but I think he, he plays a little more aloof than that. But that was like the whole point. Oh is yeah. That, he's like, he's like, isn't he like kind of like insane? Right. Right. Like he's in always be my maybe. If I, I think I so. Know, from what I've seen, from what that I makes remember. sense. It is a Netflix um, movie, so it's easy for me to absolutely. melt some of them Everyone together did. or forget and completely make something up that I saw. And like but we I said, think... like Winona got on the got it got in on the right time for Netflix. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, it, like like you said, um, Carrie, like the idea that this is this kind of character archetype is much more consistent with Winona's career. But Keanu, I mean, I, I mean, if you go back far, like probably, there's probably some things I'm not thinking of. But you know, like this is fucking Johnny Utah from Point Break. This is like mm-hmm. the like the the air like the self-righteous era era of vengeance or whatever. Um and or he's like uh the the dopey guy in something's got to give that everyone still is finds charming um yeah it is you just don't think he has like an evil bone in his body and i'm not saying this guy's evil but that those just those things you just don't expect for keanu to say and say with that much conviction i never there was not a single point in this movie i did not buy what he was saying (laughs) i think that's really difficult for someone who's like the nicest guy yeah. It seems like he and was like relishing it too. And I think like it, when you when you get a chance to like as an actor, I think when you get a chance to to stretch yourself and do do something that you haven't really gotten to do before. And I do think that this is a, a role that is definitely not something he's really gotten to to do before. It you can tell that he's just he is like. It, with his performance it it seems like he's really relishing the chance to just kind of go for it and and yeah be, it's be nasty and be you know to like and it and it it's, helps that he and and Winona have this you know 30 plus year friendship because they already have this great chemistry and he knows that he can trust her and he can just like really go for this stuff and vice versa and so they can really just like give each other full full blast of this yeah like, it's nasty like shit. it's, it's so like fun a, to watch it's like a dormant character actor inside him like unleashed right. in a lead role um, mm. which is pretty cool but I, like i like it i don't know it's just I, I just am still like to this day even though i just like i've seen it a few times like his performance surprises me every single time or like yeah, absolutely something a little bit um something that I didn't notice before like I I think on this watch I just kind of noticed how he is just like really he's usually like this but he's like just like very stiff throughout so then when he's doing like the physical comedy I feel like it's extremely effective because his character is just like so like is so fucking stiff all the time yeah he's like very uncomfortable yeah yeah (laughs) 
Um, can, Seeing John I, Wick I, having a hard time carrying a woman is very funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the noise that he makes. Fakes <laughs> up also, and and like a gentle like fuck me when he goes off screen is so so good. Uh, speaking of bachelor bachelorette again, um, I you know correct me if I'm wrong, and if I can't remember much, I suppose like Kirsten Dunst before that role hadn't really had something as um as vile as as her turn in in that as like you know she's sort of known for sort of like gentler um yeah i, I mean I maybe say- like bring it on she's a, but she's still like kind of like the she's still kind of like the charming sweet girl next door type mm-hmm. i would say melancholia though in Melancholia, her character, mm-hmm. which I've only seen that movie once, and I think once was enough for me because it was just <laughs> yeah. like it's it's a beautiful movie, but like I I can't like it just it it's not a rewatch me. movie. Yeah, it it affected me way too much where I was yeah. like, I don't think I can ever watch this again. But I found her performance so brilliant in that. And I think, yeah, I think that movie, her character can be very nasty. In yeah, that movie. I see what you mean. Yeah. Some, she has a darker very... side than, mm-hmm. and that's like around the same time as Bachelorette as well. Even, and I honestly, yeah. honestly, like even in Little Women and Interview with the Vampires, <laughs> like she's like great. Yeah, she's feisty. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like she could yeah. be pretty nasty in those. But yeah, like I, I, I think it's, but but I think like Kirsten Dunst has a almost similar thing to Keanu, where she kind of even if it wasn't necessarily true, her reputation as an actor was playing probably because of Bring It On and like Spider-Man, her most prominent movies. Um, she's playing kind of like a, that all-American girl, you know, so you Certainly. assume that she doesn't have that side. So yeah. um, Keanu got on, like she did, kind of got on the other side of that. I think it's crazy. It made such such little money. And I, and I think it's crazy that they buried it um i it's weird that that it wasn't like a magnolia pictures or like an ifc Mm -hmm. it was just sort of like an anonymous distributor because it it doesn't it didn't even make like a it didn't even like like a hundred not a hundred i don't know like you ticket to paradise is obviously a very different movie made 170 worldwide yeah it's made two mil yeah um and obviously two different various circumstances two different like two different movie stars that kind of thing but I feel like I don't know. Maybe it could have gotten like a August might that. have been just the bad release time for it. I think I, like, like they pushed it. I don't think yeah. they pushed it. I think they kind yeah. of were just like, eh. I mean, like the like the. And was they that also? The... Sorry to interrupt. I think was August 2018 when Crazy Rotations came out because that was that 2018. Maybe. Yeah, it was 2018, but I'll see if it's actual. But it was summer. But you're you're right. Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like it was like. I mean, it it, it's quite ironic that it didn't perform super well at the box office because it's like these like more like I would say like movies that lean toward rom com like Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, because that's a very different film and Crazy Rich Asians were kind of like having this moment that summer where people like I remember Crazy Rich Asians especially being like rom-coms are back but it's like you guys only had time to see one right <laughs> yeah including right. myself so <laughs> um and at the top of this I labeled Destination Wedding a rom-com but I guess it's like that's what just what I I would think of it 
since it's just two people I'd getting to know each other. Outcome. But yeah. Yeah, I would say it's almost for me, it's like more of just a, a comedy and it has I think someone said a sour comedy. Yeah. I think I heard, I saw that somewhere. Mm. It's a good one. Yeah, it seems like it needed a different distributor. It needed it should have been like an IFC or a Magnolia Pictures. I think that would have made a lot more sense and they would have pushed it a little differently yeah, yeah. I think like maybe pushed it a little more towards Gen Xers and uh, right. who would, who would be the hate. huge crowd yeah. Gen X and millennials but it just yeah I think maybe the time could Gen Z have rallied around this I wonder uh, yeah, I, it's I too know. mean like, yeah. I it's think too it's, mean yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, think I, I, think it's, I, I think it's we a could little do too it. cynical we could do for it. that generation which is generally speaking I it seems more a little more like optimistic and would probably be kind of offended. Yeah, the tick the TikTok teens Not are going to be the ones running to yeah. running to this one. And they're going to like be posting like clips of Keanu saying like priest thing and like being like this. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Okay, and yeah, it just feels like the subject matter and and the stars and it just even with those two stars who I think have more of a, have a younger following now too. I think, I think the subject matter and its setting and how talky, I just don't, I don't see it doing as well with a younger crowd because it's like, this takes place at a winery in, you know, in California. Central Central California. Yeah. yeah, And it's like, I, I think it's, you know it's a very it's a movie made for adults you know well, but it's when i but when i was for adults. but when i was watching it i was kind of like oh i actually don't know how you would market this because it's so <laughs> like it's so negative and and keanu's whole personal brand is like well, not his personal brand but he's like like it's all good vibes and positivity coming from him and the public and so seeing him in that way maybe they could have sold it as you'll never seen keanu like this um, but I, 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 when I was watching, like, oh, this definitely had a ceiling. Now this didn't reach any anywhere close to that ceiling. Like, I bet it could have made thirty. I feel like that's okay. I feel like it could have done that thirty mil, sure. But it's definitely not gonna. It was definitely not gonna be a huge hit with like how prickly it is. But I, yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed it. I was so surprised. Yeah, me I too. Really yeah, this was a great pick, you guys. Different. Yeah. I was also quite surprised with how I still enjoyed it and perhaps enjoyed it even more. Mm-hmm. Let's start with favorite scene. If everybody has one okay. at the top of mind. Well, I do. I mean, I like the uh, mountain lion scene. Uh, so yeah, that's good. I, I that's think so I think that's probably the best representation. Not a herd. We're of, wedding guests. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's the best representation of those characters, but also like how strong their performances are because it blends mm-hmm. their, you know, their more like cynical side, but also this really excellent, but a, a little bit subtle physical comedy. Like I just think like I honestly started howling when Keanu started kind of like approaching the lion and like doing the thing with his throat. Um, just like the <laughs> stance he has, I just found very because it was still like he was doing physical comedy but it still felt kind of consistent with his stillness as an actor and also that character in particular I I think and like that they're still bickering even in this like kind of even when they like might get mauled by a lion um I I think it's it, it was a scene that I think worked a lot better for me when I watched um because I think I thought it was like a little bit clearer 
Um, and maybe took, I was like, mm, okay. People talk about the top 1% like it's home. It drives me fucking crazy. You know who's actually in the top 1% are the assholes that run the companies that I prosecute and you reward. Top 10, top 20%, whatever it is. A segment of society that doesn't have to worry about basic things like food, clothing, shelter, transportation, and getting shot by the police. So we're not allowed to have problems? We're allowed to have them, but no one is interested in them. And I don't blame them. I'm not even interested. We're trite, trivial, tiresome, tone-deaf narcissists. Well, I never said I wasn't a tone-deaf narcissist. The optics are very bad. Nobody's looking. We should keep our shit to ourselves. We are keeping it to ourselves. Besides, it's human nature to find pain in any situation, however relatively fortunate. That doesn't make it listenable. Well, I'm sorry if my brand of pain is out of vogue, but it's all I got. But it would be so much more interesting and fantastic if we'd been fondled by priests or lost a leg but could still feel it or something. My theory about myself is that my Soma is sending me a Darwinian message telling me, hey, you're unfit to pass your DNA on to future generations, so you should just select out. Well, just keep doing what you're doing. I have so much to give. Not really. <gasps> Holy shit, Frank, what is that? I think it's a mountain lion. Could it be a jaguar? I don't know, I'm not a zookeeper. <gasps> It's too big for an ocelot or a bear cat, but too small for a panther, I think. What the fuck difference does it make what it is? It's a fucking predator cat. A cougar, maybe? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're worried about. It's gonna go for me. Why? I saw a thing. They pick out the smallest of the herd. We're not a herd. We're wedding guests. I'm telling you, you're safe if you just run. You run. I'll stay here and fight. Oh, yeah, but I'm not a sprinter. I run for distance, so it, it gives me a certain clarity. Yes, all right. You run. I'll stay here and fight. How about if we both run and nobody stays here and fights? Neither of us can outrun a cheetah. It's not a fucking cheetah. We're not in Africa. But they're also in Iran, I think it's sad. Oh, they won't even hear a scream. I hate those fucking people. On the plus side, you'll be ruining Keith's wedding. That's true. Unless they don't find us for weeks and then only in pieces, some of which were brought back to its lair. Last chance on the running. Come on, I can't believe you're the last human person I'm ever gonna talk to. There might be EMTs. Yeah, but I might be a hemophiliac. Might be? Don't you know that already? Well, no, because you can get things as an adult, like adult onset asthma. My friend Suzanne has that. <laughs> Now we run. Oh, that was good, Frank. My throat is really raw. But why are we still running? Because I don't think it's a bad idea to put as much distance between us and the mountain line as possible. Well, you might have been a lynx. It would be so ironic if I strangled you. Why do you have to ruin a nice moment? Ow! 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 For the record, you ruined the moment, not me. Lindsay? Lindsay? I'm fine, for God's sake. Jesus. Oh, great. I saw the wind knocked out of me. Okay, good. It was good, because you don't have the first clue what you were doing. It's been a while since health class. Yeah, well, if you thought I had a cervical injury, the last thing you're supposed to do is flip a person over like a fucking pancake. I'm sorry. Yeah. On the other hand, you did save me. Us. 
I told you it would have gone for me. Why did you do that? Why did you save me? I didn't save you. Why did you save me? Because I'm an idiot. You could have died. Of idiocy. Don't tell me you're secretly noble. I'm not. But I thought maybe she's right. Maybe hers is the life in danger. She seems to know fucking everything. And I didn't want to feel guilty for the rest of my life about not having saved you. I get that. I didn't want to think of myself as selfish. Frank. As that selfish. On top of everything else, I already think about myself. Copy you. Because it's not like I have so much to live for. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, anyway, thank you. I'm sorry. I don't know what that was. Neither do I, for fuck's sake. Jesus. God damn it! I'm sorry. What is wrong with you? I don't know. difficult for me to give myself over to any sort of positive activity. Yeah, especially this one. It makes me think about how long I've gone without it, which makes me want to kill myself. Yeah, well, I've been pretty sure for a very long time that life is essentially a horrible experience, and I really don't need this kind of confusion. And pressure. Yeah. I mean, if it all sucks, then fuck it. But if it doesn't all suck, then there's so much pressure. Yeah. Do you know how long it's been since I've been touched with affection by another human being? How about without affection? <sighs> Nearly as long. I tell you right now, I haven't felt pleasure since about 2006. Sometimes I feel the absence of pain, which at this point feels like pleasure, or at least pleasure's little cousin. I don't have protection. Well, why would you? I mean, why would you have a condom today? What are the odds? Astronomical. What if you got pregnant? I'm sure my womb is hostile. Having sex right now would be irresponsible. Well, who cares? I mean, how much worse can things get? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that is like definitely that's probably my favorite. Although I do, I do really like the scene at the rehearsal dinner when the two of them are just at the table and then they're gossiping about all the family members and it's the whole thing with how he got shot and she says yeah I don't even think my father owned a gun like the <laughs> whole thing is so ridiculous but also so true to like how like how I've been at other people's weddings sometimes where I'm sitting with like somebody and we're talking shit about like everybody else in the wedding you know that we don't like it just it that really worked for me this time in a, a a different way and I also kind of like the scene where they're just watching tv together and like they're yelling at the tv they're yelling at the tv that's good it's that's just the moment very real. where you're like, maybe they could be a couple. Like that's the like yeah. the one moment where you're like, they share or, that. Like when they're singing the same song in the shower, like that. Right. Yeah. Like right. yeah. You know the lyrics. <laughs> How's your room? I'm just sleeping there. How's yours? I'll let you know after I run a UV light over the sheets. 
We really shouldn't speak anymore. If you think that's best. Do you think Keith is trying to fix us up? Even he is smarter than that. Yeah, but same flight, seated next to each other on the plane, adjoining rooms, seated next to each other here. You think that's all just coincidence? Keith has never had a thought about another human being. So we're just the people you don't know where to stick? And you might as well just stick us together. I don't want to be a person you don't know where to stick. That is not the life I imagined for myself. Well, I'm sure your next life will be better. Well, here we go. So that's her. Yep. She is a tall glass of hemlock. She's Danish. Dutch, I thought. Danish from Denmark. I know where Danish are from. <sighs> he looks the same as he used to. Plastic people don't age. Well, I was hoping he had. I was hoping he'd be less attractive or on his way to obesity. Is this the first time you've seen him since the crushing ending? Is it bad? Yeah. As bad as you feared? Yeah, worse. How can this be the way this species is set up? I'm sorry? How can we be allowed to feel so much for people who don't feel anything for us? You're assuming that you're normal, which is hilarious. It's incredibly cruel. Well, look at it this way. For a time, you carved out a place in this life when there really shouldn't have been one. It makes me a dipshit. I agree. I was just humoring you. The truth is, from puberty on in, we should all just be playing defense. On in? On into what? Death. Oh, God. Officer on deck. So you've got to know Mom. Plenty well enough. So you met her twice. <sighs> oh, Howard. Oh, this fucking guy. Who's he with? His girlfriend. Howard left your mother? Left is not a strong enough word. Fled. Wait, for an older woman? He would have left for an otter. Anyway, leaving is leaving. No, no, leaving for a younger woman is awful. It's horrible. Leaving for an older woman is perverse. Mom would have been just as angry about a younger one. Yeah, but she would have been able to use her age to rail against a gender-unfair society. I mean, leaving for a younger one was the least he could have done. My father left her for a younger woman. She can think about that when she wants to cheer up. But she and your father eventually made peace, though, didn't they? Yep. Dad jumped out a seventh-floor window, and Mom considered them all square. I'm sorry? Uh, don't be. I was not a fan. What? You're not a fan of many people, is my sense. Well, this person shot me, so... He shot you? He did. He said I was the embodiment of all his bad choices. Wait, did it hurt? Did it hurt? Is that a serious question? There's a metal missile going into your body. Yes, it hurt. It hurt a great deal. Well, <clears throat> what did you do? I ran at him. You ran at him? Why didn't you run away from him? It didn't occur to me. I was pissed off. He tried to shoot me again, but he missed. I got the gun out of his hand, hit him in the face with it, broke his orbital bone. What did he do? He cried, begged me to kill him. I would, not because I didn't want to, but because I didn't want to fuck up my life. I mean, any more than it already was. Turned out I didn't have to kill him, though, because that night he jumped. It's quite a family. Nobody's arguing. You can't call a 78-year-old woman your girlfriend. It's ridiculous. What should I call her then? I don't know. An ossified, pre-dead corpse friend? Is that in the politically correct handbook? I'm off the clock. Yeah. She just needs a little more hair and makeup. I think we passed a mortician on the way in. 
I travel with her on your arm, you better know where the funeral parlors are at all times. And by on your arm, you mean both figuratively and for actual physical support. I've never met her. Better hurry. I guess the heart wants what the heart wants. Or whatever the pacemaker says it can have. Apparently, they went to the same college. She was a senior when he was a freshman. Well, she's a senior again. <laughs> are you going to say hello? Yep. Are you? Yep. <clears throat> have a nice time. Um, my, mine is when they are in bed together. Um, when uh, when they're giving each other compliments, but like almost like forcefully so, where it's like yeah, Aphrodite's folds, <laughs> Aphrodite's folds, yeah, yeah, and so um, funny. And she coined Nucci, Muchi, um, like the like when you're, yeah, that's really good stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, like uh, Lindsay says that Frank has a nice penis. That's very important. Um. Not too small to be ridiculed and not too big to be a concern. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, Yeah. And and I love how that scene ends where it's like they're so clearly uncomfortable with like, like riling around in the bed. And it's just like, like they're trying to get in position. It's just like, okay, this is is so weird. But uh, it's also kind of charming. And um, it's just like a great encapsulation of their chemistry. I know, it's appalling. Seriously? The chocolate? We're not going to drink without eating. Alcoholics do that. The chocolate is the most expensive thing in the minibar besides the wine. Would you rather we had ordered room service? Definitely not. I spoke to the front desk. They had a delivery fee, a 17% gratuity, and some sort of fucking cover charge like we're in Italy. I've always wondered why they give you two glasses, even when you're traveling alone. Because one would be so sad. Here's two. What? Please. not hashish i'm not wearing anything under my pajamas why would you they're so alluring i didn't think i was gonna be intimate this weekend or any weekend superman couldn't see through those pajamas so you try people have jousted in lighter clothing frank present when you said before that i was an attractive woman what did you mean what do you mean what did i mean you're an attractive woman you're physically appealing can you be more specific your facial features subscribe to the golden ratio. What? One to the quantity one half times radical five plus one, the golden ratio. You can tell that? It's an estimate. And you have the faults of Aphrodite. What are the faults of Aphrodite? That's the name of the particular graceful way that the cheeks of beautiful women arrange themselves when they smile. There's a gentle creasing that begins at the cheekbone and runs downward in a slightly arc diagonal directing the eye to the mouth. It's aesthetically drilling. Well, uh, I've never heard the term holds of Aphrodite. I coined it. Then it's not a real thing. 
Then it and you are bullshit. I googled around and there was no name for it, so I coined it. It's established now. Bullshit. In my experience, there's at least a 90% correlation between beautiful women and women who have the faults of Aphrodite. Oh. The faults cut across races and ethnicities. Well, what else about me? Well... You're slender, but not to the point of a troubled relationship with food. That's actionable profiling right there. File agreements. And your curves are very sexy, but not vulgar. Everything very much in proportion, firm, but not overly, which I've always found weird and prepossessing. Your arms bespeak physical fitness and athleticism, but nothing savage. And your ankles quietly aver that you will keep your body well into later age. It's despicable the way men love your women. In short, you are beautiful, graceful, and elegant. Also, you don't dress in an overtly sexy way. You seem to understand that dressing sexy is actually the opposite of being sexy. That certain information should have to be earned rather than given away for free to anyone and everyone who passeth by your doorstep. If this were 1732... I'm giving you a compliment. You're calling me a prude. I'm suggesting that you've taken the high road. Even in this flagrant, flaunting day and age, you have chosen to preserve mystery. Yes, the pajamas go too far. But I applaud the ethos. I guess I'll go with the initial plane ride, the first one, where they kind of really get situated and introduce themselves and like figure out who's who. Um, and it's and like they figure out like you're worse than you were yeah. that that you're worse than I heard, and you're also worse. And then than that's I heard, also that kind of like when they realize like you're going to a wedding. Where is your wedding yet? Like that. Like, I was hoping there would be the more dots. than two. I, there, I hope, was hoping there was. She was like, "How many weddings could there be yeah. in this day?" How many, I was yeah. hoping two. Oh my god! All of the witticisms are really fun. It like uh -huh. it, yeah. sometimes it maybe can feel a little overwritten, but other times it's just like I don't know. It's allowed to be kind of goofy too. I mean, the whole mountain vi mountain lion thing is ridiculous. Like it comes out of nowhere. I, I was telling my girlfriend like. Out of all the things you thought was going to happen next in the scene previous, was this one of them? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> right. I think it's allowed to be like that because it's oh, absolutely. 87 mm -hmm. minutes. It's like, absolutely. Yes. Like, yeah. yes. A little dollop of like, at the ordinary. It's short yeah. enough that they're allowed to have yeah. the audacity that they right. right. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I just, I, I, I found it, I, I don't know, I, I liked how comfortable it is with its existence almost like it wasn't mm -hmm. like we have to actually be super meta and actually kind of analyze a romantic comedy or like you know we don't we don't have to necessarily dissect the entire genre we can just live in these two cynical characters and be okay with it yeah yeah it feels like it would be right at home like i said i think with 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 the sideways with maybe albert brooks modern romance these movies that are kind great, of great compared yeah uh, a, a lot you know they deal more with the, the cynicisms around love and and relationships and just kind of have these these people who aren't the biggest um optimists and aren't necessarily the nicest people all the time but but they have the these movies have the balls to let these people not be like the nicest and to not necessarily change a ton although i would argue in sideways paul giamatti's character does have kind of a an epiphany and a breakthrough but right. i think like yeah i think this is a movie that fits very comfortably alongside these kind of like anti-romance romance 
movies that that like you still care about these people and you're kind of rooting for them even though they're like just nasty <laughs> they're just yeah. like nasty people and you're very, very unsure if they'll change yeah yeah very gen x certainly and it's and and certainly another example of like how like gen x will find a way to comment on itself even uh through the 2010s and um yeah thank you guys for stopping by the pod once more and um bringing this one where it's like this one needed more like this one was overlooked and uh no this is a great pick Anybody want to trade seats? You're ridiculous. Anybody? It's great back here. Oh, God, are you Jesus. What brings you to San Luis Obispo? You don't have to. What? Talk. Honestly, I'd be happier if you didn't. Fine. You're Dr. Herod at the notch. There is no notch. Give it to me. This one does not appear to have a working notch. going to Paso Robles. They call it Paso Robles. Well, the correct pronunciation is Robles. But they call it Robles. Whatever. I hope it's a big place. It isn't. If I see you at a restaurant, I'll go to another restaurant. I'm not going to be at any restaurants. Why? You checking into a mental institution? I'm going to that most presumptuous of all things, a destination wedding. Please don't tell me it's Keith and Ed's. How many weddings can there possibly be on any given day in Paso Robles? I was praying for two. And I was blaming Satan for my seat assignment when it actually just Keith's assistant. How do you know the esteemed Keith? I was engaged to him six years ago. Oh my God, you're Lindsay. Why? How do you know him? You and I have the same mother. Holy shit, you're Frank? Oh, you're even worse than he said. You too.
Siri. Yeah, where can everybody find you guys online nowadays <laughs> for, for any I social mean, medias that are yeah, popping well, up? Uh, there might have been. Question. <laughs> you know, still living out the end days on Twitter.com. Uh-huh. Um, that carries me Also, Instagram and also my website. Also, threads, I guess, which is the same thing as Instagram, and also blue sites, all the same. We're just gonna yeah. keep on making accounts until we die. That's our life. Oh, yeah. God, I hope not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, same. Like, I, I'm, I'm on Twitter, I guess, until you know the ship pulls me under and I have to climb onto a, a wardrobe door floating in the Atlantic. I will be there, unfortunately. So I, I'm there at Emmeline Potter. Same thing on Instagram. I'm not on threads yet because I just right now don't have a heart to see what the influencers I follow post because I follow them for photos, not for words. Absolutely. And, uh, and I am on Blue Sky if if you happen to be on. You got the invite. On Blue yeah. Sky. I, I, I gave her the code. She oh. did. And I, uh, <laughs> boys, I've got two invite codes if anybody needs one. Aaron from Hit Factory Pod hooked me up with that one. Oh, Mm. God bless Aaron. Yeah. And I I have a website too. It's also just my name, emmylanepotter.com. So you can find me. We're we're nothing if not consistent. We're very consistent. With our social media. (laughs) Social media brand. Overall internet presence. It's getting harder and harder with all these logins. It uh, It really really is. That's why I have a password manager because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess I, all the other carries want to be scared. So mm-hmm. yeah. beat them to it. Um, yeah, I am on Twitter for its last days at Jack Ed Draper and threads and Instagram, I think is the same Jack Andrew Draper. And I have writing on film at the Boston Hassle. Um, this movie can be streamed at stars which I made a login for and then deleted. I got a free trial. The film. I got a free trial too. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'll watch Mix. Love doing that. Yes, I will watch. Yes, you also, should. It's very good I, so far. Yeah, I, I turned off my... Good. That's great. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I turned off my auto renew and I'm going to start Minx. That's the plan because I don't want to pay for stars. Um, and next episode will be... Um, having Peyton Robinson and Emily Jacobson return for Sam Evanson's Assassination Nation. Oh, interesting. Complicated movie where we have a lot of various discussions. Um, I'm like sure. Most- That's a very loopy episode. Very loopy episode. <laughs> when you have two roommates, when you have uh, one set of roommates and one set of assholes, I mean, it works Which out. one's which? Bruh. We're not roommates, so... <laughs> Um, everyone can follow me at birds, a birds of everyone can follow me at birds of clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd, birds of clay 99 on Instagram and threads. uh, blue sky. I think birds of clay. I don't know. I have not, po- I have not posted a single post on Bert, Bert, uh, blue sky or, uh, Brave. threads yet. Uh, I'm just, I'm waiting. Congrats. You know, You're better than who am I gonna the talk- strongest soldiers. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just like, there's not many people who talk about the Washington Wizards on those uh, platforms yet. So I have yeah, to wait. Yeah, it's hard to find a voice there when um, you like, are a little late to it. True. We'll all be okay. 
You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ettpod. Uh, you can send us an email at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars on any podcast platform you listen to us on to. Greatly appreciate it. Share us with a friend, retweet, uh, fucking walk up to someone in the middle of the street, tell them all the beautiful features about their body in a consensual way. And then say, hey, go listen to exiting through the 2010s, then run away. Um, and also that thing about going up to people with the, that joke I made two seconds ago. Don't do that, actually. It's one of those other ones. Sometimes I'll say, hey, go punch that person in the face. And I actually mean that part. But that one, no, don't do that part. Um, and yeah, be good to yourself. Stay safe. Have a laugh. Be a little less cynical. Huh? We could all use that. And next, and we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010. Mm-hmm.